Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Agree to Disagree. I'm your host this week, Aiden Shard, alongside me. Oh, I'm starting over. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> oh, by the way, this will be the last episode of Jack and I in our typical seating. I know. Lucky you so, guys. We'll have to find a new spot, Jack. Yeah. Bring some of the stuff. We got to get like a nice little. Yeah, you guys got to you guys got to create a wall of stuff. Yeah, we got to create. Some... I'm not, I'm not bring. Should I bring this stuff? I wasn't planning on bringing. I don't know. This. Yeah, no, do well, it. I'm sure, I'm sure I have like something. We'll figure it out. Maybe we'll put okay. like hats up or something. Right. I don't know, like right. I did in the dorm. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Agree to Disagree. I'm your host this week, Aiden Shard, alongside Dean Gutick, Jack Acello, and Noah Schwartz. How's everybody doing so far? Very good. Happy Tuesday. I'm going to say, for the first time in a very long time in terms of sports, it's been a very good week for all of us. It has been. You know, like nobody nobody has had that big disappointment. And I think we're just gearing up for something for something big. Yeah. Um, well, that's not totally true because we'll talk about Aiden's team later. But uh, anyway. That is main team. All right. Fine, my, fine. My, my main team is fine for now. Uh, but let's, let's talk, let's start with the, uh, the NFL. We have a big, we have a big, big show this week. We're going to start it off with a lot of NFL talk. Uh, so of course, in case you guys have been living under a rock, the playoffs began and right away we had some fantastic matches. Um, so let, let's start the first game. Dean, your bills. Congratulations. Congratulations. Buffalo. Thank you. Thank you. That, that game really made me nervous from start to finish. I mean, listen, Indianapolis is a great team. They run the ball really well. Um, they're quarterback away from being a really dangerous team. I think they could be a Super Bowl threat with a younger, better quarterback. Their defense is amazing. This Indianapolis Colts team is much better than a seven seed. This is a really dangerous Colts team. Um, but the Bills, the Bills won. Um, I'm happy they won. The offense looked amazing. Josh Allen made some sick plays. The defense – really concerns me uh especially heading into the game this saturday against a team that i did not want this team to face but i'm really proud of the boys it's been an amazing year i would have never expected a 13 win season from the buffalo bills let alone a playoff win so i'm proud of the boys man yeah and and dean i gotta say too as impressive as they looked at times it was a bit concerning that the game was so close and that it came down to what ultimately was the last play. Now, obviously the game should have been over a couple, I guess a couple plays before that with the abysmal call. I know we'll get to that probably later in a bit, but you didn't find it to be somewhat of a disappointment that they only won the game by a field goal and Baltimore or, and and Indy and Indy was in it till the final second. I mean, I I was a little surprised by that. Yes. And no. Uh, Yes. Because I thought that, you know, that this team should have pulled away, especially when they were up by two touchdowns, you know, first of all the Colts scored quick on both drives which was a little disappointing because you want to keep them on the field you want your defense to do their job and the defense failed at that but I'm not surprised because like I said this Colts team's a really good team a lot of us underestimate them they're really good they're a balanced team um part of the win goes to Frank Reich uh a few uh, Bill Clark with um some of his costly mistakes he's made as a coach but you know, this game, it, I feel like it was about winning, getting the job done. We know this year, heading into the year for Buffalo, the criticism was, will Josh Allen take this team to the next step? And I think he's taken this team to the next step. Um, absolutely. You can't yeah. deny that he's done that. He's been yeah. absolutely I, incredible. I I do think that, you know, there definitely were some, were some glaring bits 
about about the Bills this weekend, which kind of just reaffirms to me that I don't think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. But it does also show this is a team that, you know, two seasons ago, they were laughed at for taking Josh Allen. You know, people people were nobody expected them to be in this position just two short years later or three short years. I can't do math. Um, it has not been a long time since this team thought it was a good idea to start Nate Peterman. Um, so, you know, the fact that you can go from that to being in contention to go to a Super Bowl is pretty impressive. If you ask me, you know, I'm not too confident that they're actually going to make it there this season, but in the future, this is going to be one of the teams to beat the, I think the Josh Allen, uh, Pat Mahomes, competition is going to be a lot like the Tom Brady Peyton Manning competition uh hopefully with a less one-sided result but we'll see um I definitely think Josh Allen has the benefit of you know Sean McDermott's a younger coach uh he's kind of made his uh he, he he's he's built the, he's helped build this this Browns team and Andy Reid has helped build the Chiefs team but he's been around for a while there were some good pieces on that team that that you know he inherited uh and so i don't think andy reed's going to be surviving much longer in the league he's going to be retiring definitely before mcdermott does i agree yeah i can agree that's with that. that's way in the future yes. dean great game all right so one one quick question i have for dean any concern because we know they can't they can't really run the football especially when you're facing baltimore you definitely are weaker there zach moss is now out they signed Devontae freeman your quick thoughts um that's 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 what I'm concerned about. Not only the run defense, but the run game. I mean, listen, this is not a running team, and we all know that. This is a, a passing team. The Bills are not known for running the ball. They're known for passing the ball. But they're going to be facing a good Ravens defense. They're going to be facing a good run game, which we said a couple episodes ago, this would be the one matchup besides the Titans that the Bills do not want, and the Bills are getting thanks to um, – a certain team for not helping a, a man out, but that's fine because it, at least it, it was great to see them get eliminated as well. Uh, but like I said, if they could contain Lamar Jackson, then I think they can win the game. I'll, that's all I'm going to say. That's a tougher, that's a tougher thing than it's, it's, it's yeah, easy. way, way easier, said yeah. easier said than done. Yeah, I mean, no, I think if the Bills want to win that game against the Ravens, Josh Allen is going to have to run for a lot of yards. I do think they're a heavy pass rush team. They got Julian and Gakway. They got good guys up the middle as well. I think Josh Allen's gonna have to step up a lot. He's gonna have to make plays with his legs if they want to. I, I agree, and I think run the football. So they get yeah, the, the two things that the Bills have to do. Uh, one is score. You run up the score. Wow, that, that, that's a shocker. Who okay, thought? but but <laughs> but more so against the against the the Ravens than anyone else. Run up the score as high as you possibly can. Go for it on fourth downs. Take those risks Fair against the out. Ravens. Because you need touchdowns against the Ravens. You need to force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. And you can do that by trying to keep him contained. But it's much easier to do that by uh, building a big lead on him. That's when he makes mistakes. And thing number two, which is going to be difficult to do while also scoring, is control the clock. And Jackie said it best. Josh Allen's going to need to be running. It's going to be difficult without Zach Moss there. Uh, but I think Devontae Freeman, you know, he's not too bad of a back. Um He's not he's not what he used to be, but he's still good enough that I think he could help help keep the run game alive. And if you if you're winning the time of possession battle and consistently scoring touchdowns and not settling for field goals, I like your chances. I agree. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
So let's move on to the second game. Uh, it was the Rams versus the Seahawks. I with- told you, Jack. I told you. Well, I want to say, I want to say, say, say this. Well, too far. I, I think this is my fault because I, I guaranteed it. So anyway, but also uh, Wolford getting hurt. I, I think, do you think that helped them? Oh, no, no. No, it it, it would have been a blowout if Wolford you hadn't gotten Goff, hurt. You think if Wolford was playing, their offense would have been better than it was yes. with Goff? Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I, no, I think it would be better with Goff. No, I, I, oh, just, sorry, I understand I, your question. I, I, well, it was more so Cam Akers that did the work on offense. Yeah. yeah. Cam, Akers, Cam Akers really carried that team to the win. But personally, it's disappointing I'll... to see Seattle, though. What has happened to Seattle? Yeah, here. I what start... happened to Russell Wilson? Bills broke them that game. Yeah, the, you can honestly say the Bills did break them. I didn't have, I don't have much. Obviously, I was annoyed about the Rams because of how they, because they beat us. They cost us everything. But I will, re, they, I will, I, they, they settled their debt with me because they, they stopped Seattle. They gave us the best possible pick because we own the Seattle pick. So I thank them for that. And I just want to say from Seattle, that trade for as of this point does not look good. Jamal Adams, A, was probably the main reason they lost that game. Oh, yeah. He got Jamal, lost by Cobb. He, he probably gave up 100 yards in coverage, and all this did was put them one step they, one step back from where they were last year. They won the playoff game against the backup quarterback. Technically, yeah. they lost in this game, and starting against the backup, even though golf played. I wanted to say for the Rams, the defense played phenomenal. And we talked yeah. about this. The best defense yeah. in the where, NFL. Where was that Aaron Donald against the Jets? First, I was going to say, not only Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, I've never, the, that Rams front dominated the Seattle O-line. Jalen Ramsey locked DK up as Jalen shows that he is the best corner in the NFL without yep. a shadow of a doubt. 100%. Absolutely. Like I said, Cam Makers took over the game. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup had decent games too, especially Woods with a great catch on the sideline. It's, so he, I think it's also definitely worth noting something that's been, I think, the biggest theme with the, with the Seahawks since the Bills game is just how inconsistent the offense is more than anything. You, we saw flashes even in this game of th- how high-powered the Seahawks offense can be, how utterly dominant it can be. But it wasn't it, – it was kind of too little too late. You know, they weren't putting up enough points. They weren't completing the passes when they really needed to. And Russell Wilson, the weirdest part about it is he looked like a pocket passer. He wasn't really moving around outside the pocket, which is how they won the Super Bowl in 2014, uh, 2013. And have been a playoff team ever since then. And have been a playoff team ever since. Yeah. Yep. You know, you, they, they haven't won games and been successful by Russell Wilson standing in the pocket and hurling it deep. No, they've had that versatility. And they yeah. haven't been able to do that lately. I, and I, I, wanna add, well, I just want to add quickly to what Aiden said. I'm not really worried about Russ because we know he's one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. But this, to me, it's more than just a legacy game for the Seahawks. But I feel like their franchise is almost now at a crossroads because this is a roster that is aging. Their younger stars are about to get expensive. DK Metcalf is the best example. They can't run the ball, and the only guy they have that can is always hurt, Chris Carson. The defense is about to get really expensive once you pay Jamal Adams. If Bobby Wagner isn't the same player he once was, although he's still great. So this team is expensive. They're aging. And and, and Pete Carroll, we know, is going to retire probably sooner rather than later. He's, you know, probably one of his final years. I give him 
three years at most. Yeah, and, and they've, they've really messed up on the draft each of the last couple of years, especially yeah. in the first round. LJ That's- Collier and Brooks and Rashad Penny. I mean, they've messed up oh, a number Rashad, of different picks. That Rashad Penny pick looks so oh. bad. So what I, does Seattle do from here? Like, I don't know how they compete. There's this a tough division. You know, 49ers are going to be back next year. Arizona, Arizona's only getting better. What do you surround Russ with? He's still never had a good offensive line his entire career. I think you move forward from this. Seahawks right now have two options. Option number one, build around Russ, pull, uh, you know, 2015 Broncos almost, you know, just stack the team pay whatever you need to do to get a team around him that's going to win a championship, right? Option number two is just sell, sell everything. Sell Metcalf, sell Lockett, even sell Russ. You know, build for the future, get some first round picks and start rebuilding this team now. Because this was probably the last year of, maybe next year is the last year of true competition that they have with this roster, unless they really start making some changes. Yeah, and just I'm just worried that they're going to turn into sort of like what we saw with Andrew Luck all those years or what Aaron Rodgers had to deal with for so many years where individually the quarterback was amazing, putting up ridiculously good numbers, but the rest of the roster just wasn't good enough on both sides of the ball to get in Super Bowl contention. And they've been there for eight or nine years ever since Russ came into the league. But I feel like even though they might still be a good team next year and in and, and, and the years following, I don't think they'll ever get back to that level that they once were at. And that's concerning considering they play in such a tough division. Yeah, I did. I agree with you for the most part. I disagree with you in just one point. Not a big deal, obviously. I disagree that you said he's never had a good offensive line early in those years when they were Super Bowl contenders. When they still had Max Unger before they traded yeah, Max Unger. No, right, fine. I'll give you that. That's true. Max Unger and Russell Okun. They would, but they, ever since they, then, last six, seven, seven years, they've been terrible. Trade. I yeah. mean, it completely, that, that trade reversed the fortunes of both franchises. Yeah. I mean, it was the beginning of the end for the Seahawks, and it was the beginning of the yeah. beginning. Especially they traded him Jimmy Graham. Like, Jimmy Graham, he kind of fell off once he left New Orleans, in a sense. And they already had good weapons at that time. They had Doug Baldwin. They had Jermaine Curse. They had um, – I think they still had Percy Harvin at that time. So they had they had good weapons. They, that trade was so, so not needed. I just want to know, do you guys think it is likely or it's even possible that Russell Wilson could be on another team next year? Not next year. No, no not, not next, next year. year. Two years. At, at least three. At least three or four years. Three. Yeah, three. yeah. Yes. All right. But I will say this though. I want to talk about one more thing about what Noah said. I agree with you. The, that the, to me, the difference is, the, and you see the difference in the two teams in the Rams and the Seahawks game. The Seahawks have drafted terribly over the last couple of years, and the Rams have drafted great. And you really got to give credit to the Rams front office. They've they've traded they've traded a lot of they traded they've made a lot of trades. They've traded away a lot of picks, but the picks they have, they hit. They always hit home runs on. Look yeah. at their recent draft. They got Cam Akers. They never. They haven't had a first round pick the last two years. They still found guys like Cam Akers. They're, they have a great young secondary to uh, to play to complement Jalen Ramsey. They've done a very good job. You got to yeah. give them credit. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the the last game of the night, uh, which was a surprisingly close game, a disappointingly close game. If you're a Tampa Bay fan, uh, Buccaneers, Washington, you know, I got my guy right here. Heineke uh, looked like an absolute legend. I was so hoping not just because I hate Tom Brady in the Bucks, but just because imagine that Cinderella story. Uh, if, you know, the seven and nine Washington football team with a quarterback who's making his second career start could go in and not only take down, you know, an 11 and five team, but Tom Brady in the playoffs 
you know, that would just it. be they almost, almost they almost almost did. Uh, but there were, you know, just they, they couldn't get going. They couldn't capitalize on the opportunities that they got, I think. That yeah, was the biggest absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And I think you also have to remember that Brady's playing at such a high level, but the guys around him are really flourishing. Leonard Fournette was awesome the other night. Mike uh, Mike Evans had one of his best games of the year. Chris Godwin and Antonio are definitely making plays. So when you have so many weapons, you add Gronk to that. Ronald Jones will be back probably next week. When you add all those guys into it, it makes for a really devastating offense. And I actually thought Washington did a decent job of holding them down. But when you are with a fourth string quarterback, you're the fourth guy that started for you this year, and he has the inexperience, he's never played with a lot of these guys much before, it's hard to stay in that game. Now, the fact that they did so and they had to play a fifth quarterback, I mean, Heineke got hurt midway through, so they had to throw somebody else in there for a little while. The fact that they were in the game was was really sensational, but this Bucks team is, is playing at a really high level right now. The only problem is they're facing New Orleans this week, who's playing at a far higher level and will be slapped in Philly twice. Probably by row. two touchdowns or more. Yeah. 2 and 0 is 2 and 0 against them. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. I agree with everything you said there. Bucks are playing at an unbelievable level. Uh, Brady, I too. My God. Yeah. Do you think I will... the game would have been very different if Alex, do you think the, if they had Alex Smith in there, they easily oh. could have won? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I think Heineke honestly gave them the best chance of winning his athleticism. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was going to say Aiden. Yeah, Aiden it was yeah. Mike Tarico that added this. He had he bring the mobility that Alex Smith didn't have. For example, that touchdown, which was yeah, that was beautiful. That was you know just moving around the pocket and reaching for the pylon. That was insane. Of course, moments after touchdown, Aiden, if you could move your head a little bit, the Chase Young giving some recognition to uh, Taylor uh, Taylor Heineke. It was I. It was surprising how close that game was. And especially how well Heineke played, but it wasn't surprising by the outcome because yeah. the Bucks had too much star power. The Bucks, Bucks were favored, but I will say, I mean, as good as Tom Brady in the playoffs is, the fact that this game was close doesn't I bode think well. A lot about the Bucks. Yeah, yep. totally, absolutely. absolutely. You know, this game shouldn't have been close. Sure, the football team was getting hot when they needed it. Sure, Heineke gave them the best chance of winning, and yeah, that defense is pretty good, but they shouldn't have been able to stay within one score. They shouldn't have come down to the final drive. Um, against Tom Brady, who is so used to blowing out opponents, especially in the playoffs. He's not, you used, know, to, he's not used to the wild card. He, he's not used to the wild card. Tom Brady has never uh, made the Super Bowl in a season where he's had to play in the wild card weekend. Yeah. So yeah. we'll it's see if that trend keeps up. Yeah, now he's, and also he's got to go on the road twice now. He's never had that. He's usually yeah, no, three times, Jack. Three, three times. times. Yeah. As, as long as Green Bay wins. Yeah. So um, now on to the Sunday games. The oh, yeah. first one, Baltimore, they're, they're, Tennessee. They're, they're, they're better, yeah. Absolutely. Baltimore versus Tennessee. That game, you know, started great for Tennessee, and then all of a sudden, just whew, they when they went up when they, when, they, when they went up ten nothing, I really thought Tennessee was going to win because I said whoever. Whoever gets ahead early is going to control this game. But got to give got to give credit to Baltimore. They fought. They hung in there, and they did a great. Their defense did a phenomenal job. They held Derrick Henry to like under fifty yards rushing, I think. Right? Something they like did. That. that was the shocker of the weekend. Of all yeah. the shockers, of all the Browns yeah. and everything else that happened, nothing shocked me more than Derrick Henry having a bad game. It shocked me a little bit, but it's also you know going against one of the premier defenses in the league. I expected him to not. You know, I didn't expect him to go for two hundred or anything like that, but. I was a little bit surprised that he he 
didn't really make a make a dent. And you he know? only had 18 carries. Yeah. Typically, Tennessee wants to go into a game, especially one of this magnitude, and give With- Derek 30 or 35 carries. I mean, they want to run 60 or 65% of their plays with the run game. They don't want to pass. So I was surprised about that too. But the pass game seemed to work too. I mean, for the most part, Tannehill was connecting. Um, It just wasn't enough, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's very very interesting to see. But in in reality, I mean, Baltimore, this is just my opinion, they honestly should beat them, at least to me. In terms of pure, uh, in terms of pure roster, I think they have the most talent in the NFL. Um, th- when you look at both sides of the ball, that's it's that's definitely cool. up there. I think it's got to be the Chiefs right now. But on both sides of the ball together, I'd say New Orleans. New Orleans is up there, but they haven't been New playing Orleans as well Chiefs. as they should be, and that's making me second guess them. But I see what you mean, Jack. Yeah. So, do we think Baltimore has a real shot at Buffalo? Because I think that they have a real shot. I, I do. think they have a shot. I mean, they, they, haven't lost, they haven't lost in what, like six, six weeks, weeks, I think? Five weeks? Something like that, yeah. This, is, this, this game is going to, this game is really a, a chess match, and this game is really more so in terms of players. Whoever, it's, this is a coaching duel. One, mm-hmm. Harbaugh versus McDermott. I also think I know it's we a matter of this, can McDermott hold Lamar and keep him down to make him do the things he doesn't want to do? Is he going to force Lamar into those deep throws down the sideline? keep him away from the tight ends, keep him away from the rushing lanes, all the things that Lamar is great at. If you can keep him away from those things and make him do the things that he struggles with, that's how, that's how the bills are going to win this game because you can shut down the bills, the, the, uh, the Baltimore offense. If you make them do things they don't want to do. Yep. For sure. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. So we will see. All right. Let's talk about the next game. Next game. My boys. It was uh saints bears and I will be honest. Uh, I have Seems never watched stressed. a Saints. I have never watched a Saints game that has been uh, Saints playoff game that's been stress free. So having a game where we actually won and I wasn't worried about it was fantastic. As soon as Wims dropped that catch in the end zone, um, I knew it. I I knew that we were going to win that game, and it it wasn't even like scary anymore. But it was a good win for the Saints. I think their offense looked good uh, against a defense that has been coming together a little bit. And they were able to keep Mitch Trubisky in the pocket, which kind of surprised me because I, I thought they were really going to try and push him to run more. Uh, but yeah. regardless, Mitch Trubisky still won the MVP. The MVP. <laughs> How'd you guys think of the Nickelodeon? So I actually thought it was really cool. I thought it was cool for a little while. I watched it for like 10 minutes, maybe. You know, for I, turned, some... I turned it on right when Michael Thomas scored that touchdown, like the, the fake slide. For, so, for, people, for people like us who, who are, you know, we're adults, we know the game of football, it's not as much fun. But that, I think people have been saying it all, all week on Twitter. That is what the MLB needs to take note of. The MLB is so worried about getting younger fans to watch the game. Don't try and shorten the game. Make it more entertaining. Give Nickelodeon a couple games. Have yeah. them do something like that yeah. for baseball. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, have the home run derby on Nickelodeon. Like, when yeah, shoot that, slime that would be cool. Oh, that would be awesome, Jack. Great idea. Yeah. Shoot get the, the winner gets home, slime. Hit a home run. Shoot slime in the air. Half slime. Winner, zone, winner, like winner gets a bucket of slime dumped on him. Yeah, something Don like that. Payton. If you hit it into the slime zone, it's like an extra point or something. That would be cool. Yeah, the, the MLB should be taking notes. But but for the game specifically, I want to know what you guys thought of uh, of the game. Yeah, I thought this was – the Saints ran away with this. Drew Brees, he's been 
he's had some questionable games and obviously coming back from the rib injury. He looked very good in this game. Him and Michael Thomas finally connected, finally getting into the Michael Thomas finally getting into the end zone. Feels like so long that until that's happened. It was over my, a year. Screwed my fancy team there, MT. Nice job. Sorry. Anyway, but they play great. I think their offense needs to go through Kamara. Did a lot. Taysom Hill doing what he does. Their defense looked very good. Uh, also, also, if I, I know we talked about this, but why are the Bears just like punching you guys? I don't know. What is <laughs> Maybe he's having a boxing <laughs> session. It's Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I want to know what he he's I the guy. He, I thought he's CD. I thought he's CD Deuce. Yeah, he he said he changed his name, but then he didn't. I don't know. Um, he he's the guy who's been punched both times. I have to. I want him mic'd up next game. I want him mic'd up. I want to hear what he is saying to these guys to get them to get ejected. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he gets in their heads, man. He gets in the heads. He's got to do that to Tom Brady next week. Yeah. All right, so I got to make one point about this game. First of all, great job by the Saints. They easily won it. Yeah. More importantly, what the hell do the Bears do at quarterback? I have no I idea. Mitch. Goodbye, man. How? How can you stick with this guy? No. You can't. You have to draft a quarterback or find somebody on the open market. I completely agree. If Watson Watson wants to trade, if Watson wants to trade, I give up the house. Can you imagine Watson with that defense? How ironic would it be, though, for Watson to be on the Bears? The team, you know, if you didn't. The team that should have drafted him. Yeah, the team that should have drafted him versus now. You know, instead, if you took Deshaun Watson years ago, you wouldn't have to give up anything for him. Now you have to send send the house for him. But also, the one thing that just confused me, like, I understand back then Mahomes, he wasn't, like, hyped up in college. Like, I know Watson was. How was Mitchell Trubisky drafted ahead of this guy? I just – He doesn't even look like an NFL star. He, like, usually when you have a bust – there's some quality about them that's like, wow, look at that guy. He could definitely make legs. it. I never liked Trubisky. It's not tr- what does Trubisky have that's special? No, no, Nothing. No, no. Mobile. You could, say, you could say it's like a similar situation. Like you compare it's like how do you like out like you look at Alex Smith, like Alex Smith was driving before Aaron Rodgers. If, if Alex Smith wasn't the number one pick and you look back at his career, you think he's like very like he's unbelievable. Alex Smith was a good pick. He wasn't the best pick, but he wasn't a but he like, wasn't Smith a bad pick. Horrible pick. Fun. No, Mitch is a horrible pick. He's yeah, not, I mean, no, you did say that about Smith. That's true. Yeah. Mitch was no, a bad I'm number two pick. The situation. I agree with you, Jack. Number two pick, but I want to say, yeah, Jack, you're saying it perfectly. How much about Mitch Trubisky is that he's bad? And how much of Mitch Trubisky is that people are mad that the Bears took him at the second pick? Because if he got taken in the second round, this guy is a gem. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but he's not you know? starting. He's not. He's not. He's not a franchise savior. You have somebody if, in front of him that's probably the, the starter. Round, if you take this guy in the second round and he plays the way that he does, Mitch he's going to get benched because there's no there's no leash on him. There's a much shorter leash because he's a second sure. round pick. So it's actually counterproductive that way. The sad thing is, I do feel bad for him. Like a couple of years ago, when like on the double doink that season, I thought Mitch Trubisky was very good. He was. He made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And yeah. then so, since and then since then, yeah, he had a good season. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not then, saying wrong. I'm then, just saying I here, feel bad. Here's the two things that have happened. One, the defense has imploded. No, it uh, hasn't. Oh, the come defense, on. The defense. I, mean, I do think the Bears. This is defense the first time the Bears. But, but still, this is the first time the Bears have made the playoffs since 1977 without a top 10 defense. Okay, stop it. Through the first six weeks of the season, they were holding. That, that was the reason they were able to even get there. And then they imploded at the end of the season. Yeah, right? but their quarterback has not been as dominant as it Heavily was two seasons ago. They can only right? hold them to so many points, and also they play in a deep, they play in a division with 
a very tough offense against the Packers. But, but remember, Vikings. remember how it was in the double doink year two years ago. That was one of the best defenses in the league, right? All right. So let me let me say this then. Feel good. But let's say they do bring Mitch back. He's right. Gone through injuries. He's gone through some injuries. He's not confident, and the team isn't playing to his strengths. He needs to be more mobile, and Matt Nagy needs needs to give him more options. That and that more I agree. Options that I agree. Out of the I pocket. Didn't... Aiden, I will say this. Although I do think Mitch Trubisky is not a good quarterback, I also do believe that Matt Nagy has mismanaged him and misused him in some way. Yes. So I will give you that. I do agree with that. Matt Nagy so needs let's say they Matt bring Mitch back. If they bring him back, what are they going to keep Foles? Like, are they going to go with the same two guys as they, as they did this year? Do you That's drop somebody question. in the first round and see if they can compete? Like, you can't go into, this, into, the, into next season with the same quarterbacks that you have even if you bring Mitch back, and I understand, like bring Mitch back, maybe it's not a terrible idea to to maybe fight with somebody for the job, but you can't rely on this guy for a sixteen game season to be your starter. You, how? How can you? No, you can't. I mean, if they want to go free agency route, I mean, I don't know. Maybe like, I don't because he likes a pocket quarterback. Maybe you can go Garoppolo. That could be an option. I don't think I don't think that's a good idea. But I'm just spitball. I don't know. I just I, 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 try, I, I don't. Him, I try and trade for Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I throw a couple picks. And you, you wouldn't take to... like a first round flyer mm-hmm. on Mac Jones or Kyle maybe Trask or somebody for a quarterback. In I, mean, I feel like they have a super, like their defense is not going to be as good as it is for a, a while. So I would strike while the iron's hot. If you can get a quarterback, if you can get like a good, if you can get a Pro Bowl quarterback in there, I think they're Super Bowl contenders. I agree. Strike while the iron's hot. All right, last game. All right, last game. Probably the best game of the week. Frauds. Let's go, Frauds. baby. The Pittsburgh frauds. Lost to the the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland, Cleveland this is for you. The, technically, the, fa- the factory of sadness. Speaking, the factory of sadness finally won something. Technically speaking, that's the first uh, playoff victory in Cleveland Browns history. Uh, because they are a different team than when they were there previously. Uh, but in the first appearance since '02, they. Uh, Almost blew a 28 to 0 lead, uh, but they did not. Juju was too busy dancing to Corvette, Corvette, uh, to actually pay attention to the game. Yeah. So, well, um, also, the Steelers. This one was fun. They're such, they're such like sore losers. Do you see all of them after the game? Playpool. Oh my yeah, God, Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool, shut up. Shut your mouth. Yeah, ex- you what are the Steelers going to learn to. You just got clapped. And, like, you're what are the Steelers going to learn to realize? that this is why the Browns are doing well. They did it before week 17. Juju did it before this week. Claypool's doing it now. They're going to beat the Bills at this rate. I mean, sorry, the Chiefs. They have a shot. I don't think they'll do it. I think they have a shot. I definitely think they do. And Claypool is firing them up. The Steelers are helping them win. Steelers are giving them bulletin board material. Yeah, and also they did that with a lot of, with some key, well, obviously they didn't even have their head coach. And I think, yeah. I think how they handle that's ridiculous. Why couldn't he be in like a quarantine site? He could be connected to the sideline if he wanted. I agree. I'm totally with you, Jack. That's that absurd was, to me. That's ridiculous. Like, why couldn't, a he, coach why couldn't he be in Why couldn't he be in his baby with a headset and he can't call in? That's ridiculous. He I can call. Yeah, there, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. Offensive Jack. coordinators, offensive coordinators, half the time that aren't head coaches are up are upstairs. They don't even yeah. stay in the field. That, like, that's yeah. ridiculous. But, but anyway, I mean, thankfully they won. I thought it was ridiculous. That was why that happened. But they did a great job overall. You got to say, the, the way this game started reminded me of the Super Bowl, the Broncos, Seahawks. That, when, that, when that play happened, I kind of felt like, all right, yeah, the Steelers aren't winning this game. But 
the Browns and the way the way it happened too. The fact that yeah. you know this both Big Ben and I can't remember. I think it was Connor. You know, both kind of were going to go for it, and then they were both like, "Oh, you're going to go for it," so they stepped yeah. back. You know, yeah. it was just like it was just like the um, like like Cam Newton in that in the Super Bowl Fifty. Yep, it was family, just neither of them wanted to die for it. Family member of mine, my my cousin's my cousin's fiance, he's a he's a huge Steelers fan. I called him right after they scored the second touchdown. I'm like, I'm so sorry. He's like, I hate the Steelers. Like he's like, Jack, can you, can you give us Darnold? Like they're so desperate. So that's an interesting question. We're gonna, I'm going to get into that in a second. Steelers, they're like like you said, kind of about the Seahawks, but more so them right now. They're also kind of at a crossroads because what do you do? You have an aging quarterback. This upcoming offseason, it's believed that the salary cap, and they already said it, is going to drop, and the Steelers are going to be in salary cap hell. They're going to be way over the cap. They're going to have to let a lot of guys with cuttable contracts go. Yeah, I think Juju's the first that's out. You got an aging, you got an aging quarterback. Do you maybe go into a little bit of a rebuild, or do you still compete? All right, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. We've all been talking about the the Bills, uh, the Bills game from last week where they played where they played Indy, and we all said if Indy had a quarterback, they would have won. I think Dean, you'd even admit that if Indy had a real quarterback that's not Philip Rivers, they win the game. I'm saying the same thing for Pittsburgh. They need to get know. younger and cheaper and more athletic at that position. I love Ben. He's one of the greatest ever. He's a Hall of Famer, a yeah. class class guy most of the time. No. Well, uh, okay. I mean, um, early in his career. Fine. Let me just say, he's a good leader. Let me put that way. He's a good leader in the locker room. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me take what back. Not, I said. A, good guy. Guy. Brown. not a good not guy. A, he's not a good <laughs> guy. If he couldn't throw a football, Steelers fans would be calling for his head. True. Okay. Let me, let me, let me rephrase that. Good leader. He's a good leader. That's anyway, true. the point is, he's a Hall of Famer, all that. You can't go on like this. I mean, did you see his arm strength? No, he looks done. There no more. And it's not Drew Brees where he's deadly accurate, so you can still make up for a lack of arm strength. He can't even hit the receivers right. I mean, he's throwing the guy balls over guys' heads and to their left and right, and people are dropping passes. How can you go on like this? I, I, I don't think so. I don't think Ben could be the quarterback next year. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be, though. Gonna I think he's going to be. It's kind of a situation. He's been there so long. He's won two Super Bowls. You owe him the right to let him finish his career there. He said he wants to finish his contract. I think he'll be back for one more year. I think I agree. I think the Steelers kind of owe it to him to let him go out on his own terms. Yeah. That being said, this is a quarterback heavy draft. There are some good quarterbacks. They could realistically trade up a couple spots and get Mac Jones. Um, and I think that could be a good idea for them. Yeah. And also, also, I think if I'm being honest, and I think you'll like what I'm about to say. I really think they should consider signing Dwayne Haskins for, for a couple of reasons. One, he fits that Steelers mentality that he's an a-hole. Two, <laughs> two, he's built just like he's built just like Big Ben. He's a big guy. He's a pocket QB. But if he has to get out of there, he could run. I think Big Ben could be a perfect mentor for him. So I think it could work. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. So I mean, you have to add another quarterback I could see it. though. You have to bring in a same. It could be a good project. It could be no, but Ben's. I think Ben's going to be the starter for next year. You can bring him in. He'll. He's going to get the best coaching he's ever going to get in Mike Tomlin. So I mean, I think it could work. You could also go the draft route. I'm not saying that's not a possibility. You could trade for Sam Darnold. You got some options. Yeah, I'm also if I'm if I'm a Pittsburgh fan too, guys. I'm afraid that going into next year, especially with Burrow coming back, they might be the worst team in the division. Like I'm serious. Very well. 
I don't know. No, but the way, defense, their defense. The way that the Bengals played this year, too good not to, no the way that the Bengals played this year, I really don't know if they can, unless they maybe go for a wide receiver in the draft, a certain Bama wide receiver, and I think that's their best move. If they don't do it, I will be surprised. No, you gotta go. They gotta go O line. No, yeah, you know, for sure. you can't let Burrow get hit like that anymore. First of all, I you have first, a point, but. You got to get, get I feel like you, can, no what. you got to train up with the Jets, whatever you got to do. You got to get to an IC well in that building. First of all, Jack, you mentioned the Jets. I want to ask you and Noah something. Yeah, no, it's tough. I'm at a crossroads. Of that. I, know, I think you know what I'm going to ask. How does it feel that the two teams you defeated won a playoff <laughs> game? <laughs> it's I unbelievable, bro. And, and that, 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 I, was like, not I, only... I was literally talking to my dad. I'm like, how is this possible? The Rams, they're playing a quarter. They've started a backup quarterback. They played a quarterback with an injured throwing thumb. They, they can outscore this team, but they can't outscore the Jets who going into that game were on pace for one of the most historic, awful defenses. And, a, and, and then they, they have the number one defense going up against the historically awful offense. I just don't understand. How do you contain Russell Wilson? You can't contain Sam Darnold. I, I want to get back to the Jets in a second, but I do want to keep this moving because we're we're running low on time. But let's go to uh, a non-playoff team, the Eagles. Doug Peterson fired in a little bit of a surprising move. Like, I, I don't think there was really a consensus on whether or not he should be fired. I think it's a great move. I think they need to move on from him. What do you guys say? You know, first off, before I get into Doug Peterson himself, I'm just going to say this right now. No, 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 no. Hell no. Coming to the Jets. Marvin no. Lewis, baby. What? <laughs> Marvin Lewis. Oh, you, no. guys all, you guys all owe me if Marvin Lewis goes. <laughs> no. Oh, no. I don't owe you anything. You no, owe me. I just want the bragging the Rudy rule. They're fulfilling the Rudy rule. All right. Anyway, also, they brought Salah back today for a second interview. So I'm, I'm happy about that. He's a smart guy. So anyway, the Jets. So first off, before I get into Doug Peterson, the Jets, they've done a They've had a very wide head coaching search besides the exception. Marvin Lewis has been the only guy that's really made me annoyed. All the other guys they've been interviewing, I've been happy. Dable, Arthur Smith, um, Robert Sala, they've, they've been uh, the, the, the Colts DC. They've been interviewing all the right candidates, Joe Brady. So good on that part. But all right, now getting Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson would have been great for the Jets this year because he was willing to tank, unlike freaking Adam Gase. That would have been nice. But anyway, I think – Doug Peterson, I do think is a little bit of a kind of a bit of a. It's it's hard to say necessarily. He did a, his coaching very questionable lately. Yeah. But his he does have you can't deny his resume, so it's kind of tough to say about him. I do think Frank Reich had a lot more to do with that Super Bowl than he did. I think we can all we can all say a lot about. Not that. after this weekend. Well, come on. I'm just saying. No, I know. I, you know, I, one one bad week does not make a guy a bad coach. But as I'm going to say in a minute, one bad season doesn't make a coach either. No, yeah. But I will say this. So yeah. Ever since then. Yeah, but two, two bad seasons no. in a row immediately after being a Super Bowl. No, but also, I will say this. After their Super Bowl season, they've been very fortunate. I'm going to – I don't uh, – say what you want about this. Carson Wentz was supposed to be the guy. They were dead in the water in the, the after the year they won the Super Bowl. They were lucky Nick Foles came back and was able to save them. They shouldn't have made the playoffs that year. You know it. The following year, they shouldn't have made the playoffs. They were in the NFC least, and the only reason they were able to make it is because the, it was in favor of their schedule. Just at the end of the season, they got to play the entire division. So that was the and they and they obviously they had the best quarterback. So you're going to win no matter what at that point. And then this year, it just completely collapsed. I do think a lot of that has to do with Peterson. But I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna say 
Roseman is at any fault. He has a heart. He has been horrible when it comes to drafting. He has not given them any help. So, I mean, it's tough to say. I think, I necessarily, I think Doug Peterson maybe should have been given another year. If you're going to give Roseman another year, you should have given Peterson another year. I don't know. I don't know if you can give Peterson another year. This is another team that is definitely at a crossroads right now. You have two yep. quarterbacks, both of who think they're going to be the starter next year. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz has been pretty public about Carson Wentz not, has got to be the starter. Not liking, the, money not, to. not liking the way that he's been treated. If you, if you as an owner don't necessarily want to start Carson Wentz next year, this is the best move for you. Yeah. I think Peterson is much more likely to start Carson Wentz than another, than another coach. I think another well, coach, I, I think I, Carson I, Wentz I, could I, be traded. I heard, I heard their relationship was unrepairable. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean it's, it's tough for this Eagles team to work. I mean, we've all mentioned before that besides the assets, they're in a deep hole right now. Uh, firing Doug Peterson, I think, was the right move, but not firing Howie Roseman is going to bite them. I think Howie Roseman should have gone. Howie Roseman's done an abysmal job at GM drafting. When uh, Jack, you mentioned this a while ago. Instead of having Justin Jefferson and DK yeah, Metcalf, they have JJ say a white side and Jalen Rigar. Yeah, the Eagles have built poorly. I don't believe they have much assets or cap to work with. The Eagles are in a tight situation right now. And honestly, I think you may disagree with this, but I think the Eagles are the least attractive coaching job right now. Ding, 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 ding. I agree. So let me say this. Um, You said least attractive? Definitely least least attractive. attractive. Yeah. After after Doug Peterson going, I don't think anybody wants to go to Philly. Now you see the amount of pressure. That's that's just sad. People want to rather go. People would want to. I think Detroit is higher than them. I think that's very sad. And it's it's not just Peterson, too, because – I was going to make the same point you just made, Dean. You have one bad year and you're gone. That's a, that's unbelievable. Considering Marvin Lewis was in Cincinnati for what was it, 15 years and not, not didn't win one playoff game, and that was this crazy. guy has one bad year and they he, he's gone. So that's absurd to me. But it's not just Peterson because I was listening to Colin Coward before and he made the point. And I totally forgot about this. Credits to Colin for making this point. Chip Kelly, one year winning record out. Andy Reid. All those AFC, uh, NFC Championship games, Super Bowl has one bad year, out. This is a trend. What coach would ever want to go there? There are so no, many no, nice candidates Andy, this year. The Andy Reid thing is way different, I'm just saying. But he – would you – okay, so Andy Reid mesmerizes us every Sunday with the things he does with Patrick Mahomes, and you'd fire him? Why would you do yeah, that? No, at that point, it wasn't because of that. It was mainly because, also, they went all in that season – it, obviously, it didn't work out, but also they Andy Reid. After like, the fans were fed up after all those years of playoff, getting so far but not being able to get over the hump. That was like fi- they had fifteen years of underachieving. At that point, you gotta say enough's enough. That that's the understanding reason from it. Like, like I said, you right. see the pressure that yeah, playing right. in Philly. It's in Philly. Not only the fans, it's just the city. It's a team itself. Uh, one year, you bad year, you're done. It's I don't it's think a joke. Wrong. Yeah, in, the, in New York, where it's the biggest market in the world, nobody gives a playoff mandate ever. Christopher Johnson never said anything about a playoff mandate, and, and the Maras would never why, do that. And, and we, now they have one bad year, and this coach is gone. Like, I'm not be. defending Doug Peterson for what he did this year. He was not good. But if we're going to judge a guy off one season, and especially off one fourth quarter of a meaningless Week 17 game where he wanted to get his backup quarterback some reps, and we're judging five years of good work 
off of one quarter or one season? Well, I would what do I would one year of good work and four years of mediocre work. Yes, I agree with Aiden there. And the one three, the two years that after the two years in the playoffs before this were lucky. You, you yeah. can't say you know the, the last two this season was awful. So are you giving Ron Rivera credit for going to the playoffs this year? They only made the playoffs because the NFC East was awful. Uh, The year they won the Super Bowl, fantastic. It was a fluke. Coaches are flukes sometimes. Teams are flukes sometimes. It happens. And we saw saw with even with Adam Gase, he had a great season as the offensive coordinator with the the Broncos. He did bring the, the Dolphins to the playoffs, and then he hasn't been good since then. Yeah, you know what every else, coach can have a good season. But also, you know what? Thing, another thing I don't like. Last thing I want to say: what Peterson should do going forward. I don't like when a, a head coach is fired and he just gets. To me, I don't like when they just get another head coaching job immediately. I think you need to maybe get like an OC job, and you need to figure. You need to realize that you make mistakes, learn from them, and then you do, and earn the right to be a head coach again. I think that's what right. Todd Bowles is doing. I think if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm calling Andy Reid. Banami could be on his way out. I'm going. I'm going there. Become the. I think he should be the new OC for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. I uh, would love to keep talking about this, but we're going to move on to uh, game last night. Dean, you got. Oh, actually, you don't have the banner, but you got the uh, the Heisman winner over there for the now national champion. Ugh, Crimson Tide. Hooray! Um, Bama won up. again. Blah 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 blah. Uh, okay, moving on. No, I'm kidding. Um, so Noah, Noah, you're the biggest Bama fan here, I guess. Uh, give us, give us your take. Well, I'm not going to say this is the best team in college football history. I think last year's LSU team was better, but what this team was able to accomplish, and this is, this was the hardest year to play college football ever. I'm sorry. It just was with COVID and hardly any practices and games canceled left and right and an all conference schedule. It is difficult to go 12 and 0 in the SEC playing against teams you play and then obviously through the playoffs. Not easy to do. They had a lot of great wins. They dominated everybody they played. It was just a shellacking from start to season by the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I've said this before, I don't agree with the Heisman winner. I thought Mac Jones should have won it. But what you saw from Devontae Smith last night is just a microcosm of what he's done all year. The guy's un- virtually uncoverable. I mean, yeah, what he not. did in the first half yesterday. It, it was a joke. Like, how, how do you defend that? I don't know if he's going to be that, like obviously like that in the NFL, but like in college, like oh my god, I think he could have had twenty-one receptions if he didn't get injured in the second half. I agree. So Devontae. I'm happy for Saban. He's the greatest coach in college history. Yeah, maybe the greatest coach in football now. history. Period. Not in it's, football it's, history. Poss- possibly, I think he's in the top three. Um, what he has done in Alabama—six championships in like twelve years. I'm, it, it, It'll never happen again. And I know you love Clemson, Dean, and Ohio State, your team, Aiden. And those programs are amazing. They'll never do something like this. Oh, I'm no, just, they not just at won't. all. They won't. No way. No. It's no. unprecedented, never has happened. No, never it, happen the, way, the way he's built it, like you can honestly say that Alabama's, if you would take every, year on year, year in and year out, Alabama's second team is probably like a top five team every year in the country. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, their backup quarterback won the Heisman, almost won the Heisman this year. Because he was the backup just a year ago. Yeah. And he was not even supposed to win the starting job because Bryce Young, the freshman, was supposed to win it. And Mac was like, nope, I'll take that and take it all the way to the championship. So, I mean, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. They, yeah. They've had multiple guys be, go from backups to Heisman contenders. No, I have a question for you. So now I want to know. Like, I, I'm, I, I, don't know what to, I don't know now. Do, do we take Smith at two? Do you go quarterback? Nope. Has to be Justin Fields. 
I'm, st- I'm totally, I'm totally sold that it has. No, I don't. I'm not sold on Fields, but I'm sold that in this bad situation, it has to be Fields. Yeah, I want to say um, for for Mr. Devonte Smith, there should be no more backlash. Hey, listen, I used to compare it to Jamar Chase, but I think Devonte Smith had the best single season any receiver can ask for. Uh, you can argue that if Waddle played the whole year, that he would not have Devonte Smith would not have those numbers, and I completely agree with that. Uh, Jalen Waddle, who could barely run yesterday although i respect the kid's courage you got to think about long-term health and your yeah, that was ridiculous that was and ridiculous that, to let him play in that game he's I mean, listen, so good though so he's, he's gonna be great. a stud in the nfl i agree wait, uh, but, is he eligible for, is he eligible this year yeah yeah i think he's, 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 he's going to the draft this year i believe yeah you think he'll go in the first round oh yeah. oh absolutely most likely i'm just gonna need him play a lot this year that's the only reason i'm saying i think uh, he's gonna be an awesome cordero patterson like a better version of that better receiver the only reason I say it, like, no, I'm comparing a situation kind of like, I know it's different with receivers, but like, for example, like Bryce Hall, you could argue that Bryce Hall was a first round talent just because he had so many injury problems. He fell all the way to the, the fifth. I know, that's not going to happen here. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do. Alabama played a great game. This yeah. is a great Alabama team. They have all pretty much almost everyone on that team on offense is all Americans. I don't think that this is the greatest college football team, but I will say this is the greatest Alabama team to ever grace the field. Mac Jones, Stevante Smith, Najee Harris, who's insane. Even Mechie, who's I love a Na- Naj- Najee's a beast. He's he's like an automatic four yards to carry. The Alabama's an amazing team. I'm definitely going to agree with you on that. Um, and I'm just going to give my Ohio State fan take from this. I mean, I definitely even- there's there's no world in which I expected to win this game. But I want to hear some respect for Ohio State in that they even managed to keep it somewhat close without their running back who you know, played one snap and then was out for the game. Yeah, if Trey Sermon's in that game, uh, I'm not going to say Ohio State wins, but it is a two-score game at the end of the day. Um, and the fact that they still managed to keep it, I mean, 52 to 24 is not particularly close, but it was closer than the final score. Exactly. Yeah. It, it definitely was a better game than I think that final score uh, sent out, especially, you know, they started the game pretty close, 14-14. Uh, you, just, you just can't get Alabama off the field. Just, but you can't get uh, Alabama off the field. That was the big problem. They couldn't force turnovers, uh, and they, they, couldn't, they couldn't even, you know, make them settle for field goals. Yeah. Exactly. So can't stop. If the, I, I was proud of Ohio State going in there and actually be, making it a somewhat competitive game for half the day. But yeah. full respect to Bama. That's one of the best college football teams I've ever seen. Yeah. Can I just make one more quick point on Saban? Of course. Yeah. Can, we just, can we just recognize how amazing it is what he has done with this program, aside from the fact that he's won all these games? Because when he became the coach there, he was this defensive wizard, you know, guy who'd been with LSU in, my, in Miami, and everybody loved him for what he did defensively. And for the first part of his tenure, they were awesome on defense. And in, in recent years, it really hasn't been so much that way. But what he has been able to do and evolve with offensively and been able to get out of these quarterbacks, these star quarterbacks that he's developed and the running backs that he gets every year and the receiving talent that comes through Alabama, he's completely changed the whole way the program runs. And I think that's cool because so many guys are so rigid in what they want to do. And Saban was so willing to change and adapt and, become just become a better coach and what is a different a different college football than what we knew as we were kids and you know in previous years so as he's adapted the team's only become better and that's why they're in this position today 
I agree. I mean, there's no one that can replicate, and I'd say what Alabama's done. The only teams that can, I think, keep up with Bama and modern game is Clemson is Ohio State, but Alabama was a class of their own. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, so our final topic, we're not going to spend too much time on it because uh, I have a feeling this is going to be a big topic in the coming weeks too. But the NBA finally, or not finally, already starting to have some COVID problems. Uh, The Celtics have now had three games in a row canceled or postponed. Technically, I don't think they're going to re they're going to try and make them up. Uh, A bunch of games have been postponed over the past few days. Uh, Where do you guys think the, the NBA draws the line? I think we're almost there. Yeah. I think we're already approaching there. This is not the NFL. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to put the, put the lid on this if they have to. Yep. You move it back to the bubble, maybe. No, you can't do that. You can't do that in the middle of the season. No, no there, there may, there could very well be no champion this year. There could very well be another week of basketball, and it's done for multiple weeks. I don't know if they're gonna, you know, start the season back up and then shut it down. Maybe they'll take what we all recommended to the NFL, where they, uh, they shut it down for two weeks and then they come back and they kind of just start over with that. I don't know if that's what the NF- the NBA would be looking at, but. I think we're almost at the point where, and we've only played, what is it, 10 games or so for each team. I think we're almost at the point where the league's like, we can't do this anymore. And there's fans in some arenas and guys are getting sick, you know, when they're out at the clubs or wherever they are. I mean, we saw it with Kyrie. This is a mess. And and I love the NBA, but I know that they take a different approach than baseball has and that, and then basketball and then football has. Basketball is a different sport. This is almost going to be done. A lot of close contact too. Yeah, I wanted to say, like you say, Jack, move to the bubble, but you got another sport like hockey that's starting up this week, and it's going to be tough to, you know, do a bubble with the sport that's starting up. The NBA, the season's been a mess. COVID's been a mess. A lot's been going on with COVID. Uh, one player, we're not going to – I'll get to him later when we do a certain topic, but I think that – you say, you no, know, we're almost there. I think we're approaching there. I think that that line's getting drawn right now, and I think the NBA is not in a good position right now. Yeah, they're not. And I think the more that guys clearly just break the rules, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about it more. I don't know if this in this episode or maybe next week or something, but the more they see guys breaking the rules and especially when it's star players breaking the rules, like Kyrie, Kyrie, Harden, you know, whoever you want to talk about when you see that happening, if the best players can't follow the rules, then I don't think anybody can. Cause it's all about a lead. It's a lead by example league. If the stars do something, everybody else follows. If the stars don't do anything, the other guys won't do it too. Yeah, And so I think we're almost at the point where we're done or we're going to be done at least temporarily. I agree. I like All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll see where this goes for the next few weeks, but uh doesn't sound like any of us are particularly confident. All right. Last little segment. Let's do our winners and losers. So Jack and I are winners this week. Jack, you got, you want to go first? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I mean, Woo! Is, it's pretty obvious. You, you can't not be it. But I, I know I said it over the last couple. I, I've been saying it for it's been my winner a couple times. But it can, can't not be the New York Mets and New York Mets fans, Mets fans, nation, Mets nation. This is the this is the era we live in now. We can dream, and you know what? Dreams come true. We got Francisco Lindor, baby. Woo! Let's go. Let's go. Frankie. One of the absolute superstars of the game. A shortstop is going to hit 285, 30 home runs, a Gold Glove. Absolutely, exactly what the kind of player the Mets needed. Steve Cohen needs to make a statement, a statement this offseason. That's exactly what he did going out and getting Francisco Lindor. Mets are looking like they can contend this year. I don't necessarily think they're going to win the World Series, but 
they, they're definitely looking like they're headed in the right direction. The new era, the new regime so far, they've done a great job, and I'm very happy about it. So New York Mets and New York Mets, Francisco Lindor, and Mets fans are my winner. Uh, Dean, what you got for a loser? Uh, I wanted to say pretty much a quick winner is all of us, and you mentioned it, Aiden. Uh, Noah and Jack at Francisco Lindor. The Saints win a playoff game. The Bills win a playoff game. We all had a great week. It's not every day that we could say we all had a great week. I know. Yeah, exactly. I think we can all agree, but this that this week was a great week for all of us. We can agree nice. to not disagree that we all have. For one, yeah, for once, for once. Uh, my loser of the week is uh, Kyrie Irving. So Kyrie Irving, of course, besides saying he didn't want to play because he didn't feel like it, apparently was seen at a birthday party without a mask. You know, and we Noah mentioned this is a lead by example league. That is one way to not lead by example and it's stuff like this is to why COVID still happens why we can't have nice things and you know why the league is at this point yeah uh my my winner is we've talked about it before this guy right here Taylor Heineke not only did he have a fantastic game against a good defense with no practice but I mean uh, this guy's getting a contract I don't know where he probably is going to be as a backup but you know, for somebody who's worked so hard, had had two starts in the NFL and had that second one go so well, this guy deserves it. Um, he's He's been working hard. He's got the skills to at least be a backup somewhere. Uh, and so my winner, despite the loss, Taylor Heineke, fantastic job. Also, wait, also, guys, just one quick thing before, no, before you go. You were talking about Seattle before. I just, yeah, I just saw this. Yep. Our yeah. boy was there all season. They finally got rid of this moron, Brian Schottenheimer. This, oh, maybe he's this the worst. Talked and finally went, oh, my God. How he's been there. He's the most overrated guy. The only reason that offense worked is because of Russell Wilson, and it shows, and it absolutely shows. I know him. Me and Noah know him well from the Jets. He is just one of the most bland uncreative offensive coordinator thank god no jack he is one of the seahawks coaching staff as a whole is just not good and that's another reason why i feel like carol daryl bevel was there for years and i couldn't stand him either uh my loser of the week it has to be juju right i mean there's no other option here corvette 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 baby Um, that could be a jet that could be a jet yeah corvette the jet um let me say this I don't know exactly – I don't know much about technology and, and certain social media apps because I'm not a huge social media person per se, but I can tell you that the reason they named it TikTok was because they knew the clock was ticking on the Steelers' playoff chances and they got eliminated in the first weekend. So I'll, I'll, all I'll say is that, yeah, Chase Claypool saying whatever, Juju doing whatever, I'm sorry, this team just wasn't good enough. We knew it from, I would say, about week nine or ten once they beat once they beat the Cowboys with Garrett Gilbert starting and it was on a last second play, I was like, "Ooh, this team's not that good." Yeah, and they proved it right in front of our very eyes, week after week after week, losing games. They lost to the dreadful Bengals on Monday night. It, on it was time. not good. It was it was not pretty. And as you said, Jack, before the Steelers are about to head into a new phase of their franchise because Ben is going to be gone soon, maybe even next season. Who knows what's going to happen with Bud Dupree? and Juju, and Cam Hayward. Like, there are so many impact guys here who their contract status is really up in the air. So Pittsburgh's in in for a rough offseason, I can tell you that. Yes, very. We live in a year where the Bills and Browns won in the same year a playoff game. That's all I'm going to say. You consider consider the Browns like brothers because they felt your pain throughout all the time. Exactly, and now we're here. I love it. Yeah. All right. 
that is all for us this week. Thank you guys for listening or watching. This will be the last time you see our normal setup. Noah and I right. get to our apartment. This is so we we are off to Ithaca. We go. We will give a more in depth breakdown of uh, what's going to be changing over the coming weeks later. But Jack and Noah, this is their last episode from their houses. Hopefully, um, no, Dean definitely and I will is. be staying for a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, until next time, thank you guys for watching. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. Listen to us on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks for watching.